Welcome to episode 18 of the Echo Corpus Christi podcast, the podcast featuring Corpus Christi's creators, makers, doers, and builders. On this episode, we talk to a local digital marketing expert who was able to create and deploy a $1 million ClickFunnels marketing funnel. And for those of you like me who had really no idea what that meant until this conversation with Blake Snodgrass, listen in because you're going to find out how he did it and you're going to find out what a big deal it really is. It's a really, really big deal. And it's especially cool that it happened by someone here in Corpus Christi. It shows that, yet again, big things can happen even here in Corpus Christi, Texas. This particular interview was fun for me because I didn't know Blake until I reached out to him through Instagram and he said yes, that he'd be happy to come on the podcast. But as it turns out, as often happens in Corpus, we have many mutual friends. So off the air, Blake and I took a trip down memory lane and visited about the friends that we knew. But on the air, what you're going to hear today is about Blake's journey from working in his church to becoming a digital marketing agency owner and now specializing in teaching other people how to have the same success that he's had in his digital marketing experience. So I want to say thank you to Blake Snodgrass for taking the, the effectively what was a cold call, the cold direct message on Instagram, saying yes, and coming on the Etcho Corpus Christi podcast. Let's visit with Blake. Well, Blake, welcome to the Etcho Corpus Christi podcast. I really appreciate you taking time to join us. Appreciate it. So we'll start with the question that we always start the episodes with, which is, what's your Corpus story? Are you from Corpus Christi or did you move here? Kind of tell us your Corpus background. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much uh, born and raised in Corpus. Um, there was a segment from two years old to eight years old where I lived in Houston. But other mm-hmm. than that, I was born in Corpus, pretty much been here my whole life. Um, same with my wife. Okay. Both pretty much been here our whole lives. Uh, she was a, a bluff person, went mm-hmm. to Flower Bluff. I went to Tulsa Midway. Okay. She went to Del Mar. I went to a and I mean, both of us pretty much our whole lives went to school here and everything. And uh, so, yeah, we've been here our, our whole lives. Mm-hmm. So being uh, on opposite sides of the city with your yeah. future spouse, how did y'all meet each other? Uh, <laughs> so that's a funny story. I, uh, I, I believe I was a sophomore in, in high school mm-hmm. and... Um, I just, I happened to take her best friend to prom. And I think that <laughs> night I met her uh-huh. and I was like, oh, I, I oh, have the wrong date. I, I met Christy that night uh-huh. and I was like, okay, I really like this girl. And so uh, after that prom night, I think we started talking the next week. And I specifically remember this one three hour AIM, mm-hmm. AIM, if you remember that sure, conversation absolutely. that me and Christy had where we pretty much just hit it off and it was, it was, uh, the rest is history. But yeah, so I took her best friend to prom, mm-hmm. met her, and then the next week we started talking. That's a so, great kind story. Of funny. I love that. My, my in-laws are kind of the same way. My father-in-law dated my mother-in-law's roommate, <laughs> tried to break up with her via like a letter or something. And my mother-in-law <laughs> called him and said, you can't do that. And he ended up marrying her. It reminds uh, me of a, the record. office where right. she says something about a notarized letter. <laughs> yes. How do you how do you terminate this thing? Right. You send a notarized letter, right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, those are I love those kind of stories where um, where people are brought into each other's lives by seeming happenstance. You know, yeah, yet for it sure. turns out to be a relationship that that burns with uh, with an energy and goes a long time, which is awesome. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, we're we're relatively young, but we've been together for like. 13 years now or something crazy we're high school sweethearts and we were together for uh gosh 
five, six years before we got married, and mm-hmm. we've been married for eight years now, something awesome. like that. So it's a uh, yeah, it's funny how that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. It really is amazing. So uh, you decided to go to Anim Corpus Christi. <clears throat> what kept you here in town for school? Yeah, so I throughout high school I had an interest in becoming an architect. Okay, um, I have always been like a math and logic type of guy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to utilize my 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 skill set in those areas for you know obviously for a career. I got mm-hmm. interested in architect architecture. Took some drafting classes in high school and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, really fell in love with it. Applied to the architecture school of architecture at UTSA. Mm-hmm. Got accepted in everything. But at that time, I was really involved with um, a church I was going to here in Corpus Christi where I was serving at this church. I played music for this church. Mm-hmm. I helped them organize their events and, and everything. It's a church called Church Unlimited. Sure. Well, it used to be called Barry Bay Area Fellowship. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I was super involved in that church, and an opportunity came up for me to uh, eventually probably work there full-time, contingent upon me you know, graduating mm-hmm. college and everything. So I stayed here, and I started off by majoring in music mm-hmm. at a Corpus. And then, again, I kind of had that that job waiting on me, if you will, contingent upon me graduating. So halfway through my major, I switched to communications. Okay. Pretty much because I had heard that that was sort of a fast track type of major. Gotcha. And music majors can end up being in college for five years sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I did a couple years of music major. I switched to communications, actually ended up really loving it. Um, and then I graduated and I started uh, a full-time job at what is now Church Unlimited okay. as um, a, a graphic designer and videographer. Um, and then it was about six months into that job <laughs> where I realized I don't want a job. Okay. I, uh, I caught this like business owner, entrepreneur mm-hmm. type of bug uh, and started to, to read and do some research. And I was ruined. I figured out six months into my first full-time job that... I wanted to be my own boss and start my own business mm-hmm. and everything. And, um, and so that started a long journey that has led me to today. Awesome. So tell, yeah. tell us a little bit about what that transition was like from a job that you had been, that had been waiting on you for the better mm-hmm. part of four years while you were in school. And I was so which, looking forward to it. Yeah. Right. And, and which is a great organization and sure. an opportunity that probably had a long-term future to it. And then what was it like when you made that decision? Uh, I'm sure with you and Christy at the time making that decision sure. perhaps together. What was that like for you to say, okay, I'm going to just throw security into the garbage can sure. and I'm going to jump out on my own. You know, and it was like you mentioned with me and Christy, like the marriage aspect of it. It was mm-hmm. tough because, um, you know, even when I was working at the church, it was, it was you know, a starting salary. I just started working there. I was a really young guy. I wasn't making a, a whole lot of money or anything. You know, I'm working for a nonprofit for mm-hmm. crying out loud. It was a starting <laughs> salary. Um, and she was still going to nursing school. Okay. And so, it, yeah, it wasn't like... a super ideal time to mm-hmm. quit my job and start a business. So it was kind of a, a leap of faith. And uh, so, yeah, that was, that was, yeah, that's what that was. It was okay. a leap of faith, but I started to get an interest in starting my own, own business. I wanted to learn how to um, make my own money, be my own boss, all the key phrases you hear mm-hmm. tons of people say whenever they're thinking about doing something like that. And I reached out to a friend or a mentor of mine, named Aaron. And I told him like, Hey, you know, I've, I've been hearing so many people talking about being your own boss and starting your own company. And I was just saying these really vague things like right, that. Right? right. And he was like, well, you know what, to, to see if this, if that's even in the cards, that's something that your personality mm-hmm. fits. And that's something you actually want to do. Right. After you've actually looked into it, you should start by picking up some business and mindset books and, 
and 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 kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. And so he was the first person to recommend to me, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people who eventually start businesses, maybe that's their starting point. Sure. Anyways, I read that book. Um, yeah, I was I was ruined uh, completely. I was like, okay, I want to be a business owner. I mm-hmm. don't even know what it looks like. I don't know what kind of business I'm going to have, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I want to be my own business. And you know, that's not like. And having your own business and having that quote-unquote entrepreneur bug is not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a personality thing. Sure. And I figured out that that was a part of my personality and read that book and, and kind of um, knew from there that I wanted to do something like mm-hmm. that, you know. So after reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, yeah. why did you not immediately jump into real estate investing and developing since right, that's so much of, of his mm-hmm. uh, belief system and structure? Right. And Robert Key... I can't even say the last name, yeah. but the author of that book, of course, is all about real estate mm-hmm. and everything, right? I didn't immediately jump into real estate. I didn't I, I didn't have anyone in my immediate family who is into real estate. I didn't okay. have any real estate mentors, anything like that. Um, well, Christy, her, her family is all into real estate. But I mean, at that point in time, I didn't know anything about real estate. All I knew is that, okay, this, this new topic has been opened to me, this mm-hmm. topic of maybe I don't have to go to a nine to five job for the rest of my life. Even if it is at a place with people I love and a place right. that I love doing stuff I love, that's great. But, oh, wow, I just read this book and I just realized that there are people out there that don't have a nine to five mm-hmm. that that can grow their wealth on their own terms without uh, a cap. We mm-hmm. call, you know, a salary or sure. whatever the case may be. I can set my own income if I work hard enough, that type of thing. Um, yeah, after, after realizing all that... Um, I, I didn't go the path of like real estate, like you were saying, because I didn't have that tool in my hands. Mm-hmm. I kind of just looked. I kind of just looked internally of like, what skills do I have, and how can I start mm-hmm. to utilize them to, to start a business? And and that's what I did. Eventually, whenever I quit my job for the first time, <laughs> there's, there's more to the story. We'll get into that. All right. <laughs> uh, whenever I quit my job for the first time, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I did. I took okay. the skills in my hand. I could design graphics and I could edit videos. Okay. So I started Anchor Media Solutions mm-hmm. uh, with one of my closest buddies, Aaron Hernandez, um, which is another amazingly skilled um, artist here in town, musical, graphic design, pretty much everything you can think of. Um, we, we founded the company and we started to do graphic design and videography for, for local businesses. Okay. Um, it didn't take me long, uh, probably about eight to twelve months, to realize that 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 would be kind of a difficult business to scale, especially if I'm only focusing in a local market. Okay. Um, over time, I realized, okay, well, designing logos for people, designing um, single websites for people, mm-hmm. these are things where if I want to grow and scale this business, I need twenty new projects every month. Right. It's not a recurring revenue type of business. Mm-hmm. And so, over the next probably like eight to twelve months maybe more than that, probably 12 to 16 months. I made decent money at it, but it was a struggle and I wasn't thriving. And that 16 right. months, I really learned the lesson of, you know, if I want to grow the business that, that I'm thinking about growing, if I want to grow a big business, I would prefer to leverage a business model that incorporates recurring revenue, sure, right? MRR, monthly recurring revenue right. became the new goal for me, okay. right? And so after a while, it was, it was so difficult mm-hmm. and I... I said, you know what? I need to to wrap this up and come up with a new game plan. So <laughs> I applied for a job and went back to work at the same church, okay. uh, this time as a marketing director. <laughs> All right. Again, place I mm-hmm. love working at with people I love working at. Uh, and 
it wasn't about another six to eight months where mm-hmm. I realized, okay, now it's time to quit my job for the second time <laughs> after I had come up right. with a plan. So in that six to eight months, I did a ton of research and real and, and tried to figure out like, okay, if I'm going to take another whack at this, mm-hmm. um, I used the skill sets that were in my hand, graphic design, videography, all of that. But because it wasn't a recurring revenue type of business, it was difficult me to difficult for me to grow and scale. Mm-hmm. So I did a bunch of research on types of businesses that do have recurring revenue. Um, I came across digital marketing. Mm-hmm. I came across the business model of generating leads and new customers for business owners and having business owners hire you on a monthly recurring retainer basis okay. to solve their customer acquisition problems. Mm-hmm. And and it was through a, a few online courses that I took where I really started to dive into the world of what we call lead generation, mm-hmm. which is essentially just running ads for businesses and generating leads and new customers for them via online advertising, right? Mm-hmm. So in that period uh, where I was at, at that job again, I studied so much. I sure. took so many online courses. I invested in myself in a big way. Mm-hmm. I remember I purchased a, a $5,000 mentorship and training program wow. when I only had $1,500 in the bank account. <laughs> I signed up on a, I, uh-huh. I, I signed up on a finance plan. I signed up on a payment plan sure. to invest in myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Again, just one big leap after another and then quit my job a few months later after I'd landed a few clients, quit my job while my wife was eight months pregnant. Oh my goodness. Again, just one sure. one big leap of faith mm-hmm. after the other. Um, and that may sound super irresponsible, but it was actually her suggestion because she could tell how badly I wanted to mm-hmm. to do that and take another whack at it. And so um, anyway, so I learned a new business model. I I studied the hell out of it. I, I learned so much. Mm-hmm. I invested in myself um, to learn these new skill sets. And then, um, yeah, after I had landed enough clients to match what my paycheck was giving me, I was out. I quit my job again and said, okay, I'm going to take another whack at this whole business owner mm-hmm. thing. And uh, awesome. And it's it's been on the up and up ever since. That was a so few years ago now. Was Anchor Media Solutions still a going concern when you went back to work at the church? Good question. Yeah, I always I always had some kind of side projects going on. Okay. Um, by the time I went back to the church, I had already worked with 100 or so clients. Mm-hmm. A lot of them would contact me for additional projects. And so I never really fully stopped, even when I went back to my job, I never fully stopped taking mm-hmm. on projects on the side which is good, supplemental sure. income and everything. Um, but I still knew that the end goal was to stop doing single projects like that, to yeah. stop doing graphic design and videography and really focus on a new business model that incorporated recurring revenue. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, for sure. When I went back to that job for the second time, I was I was still working with clients on the side and everything. And I did my best to, to make sure they didn't bleed over. I, mm-hmm. I did my best to make sure I was a, a faithful employee and didn't, waste company time or anything like that. Good but, uh, but yeah, you. for sure. So did you, when you decided to do the digital marketing with the focus on the monthly recurring revenue model, did you roll that in and under anchor or did you start a new entity to, to build that business? Yeah, I, I rolled it into anchor anchor media solutions. LLC is, is still alive and going today. We kept that same name and okay. that's still the company I run today where we do all of our digital marketing for, for clients. So yeah, we kept that going. And you said it's been going a couple of years, three years. Um, so I think it was 
founded in like 2013 or something okay. when the idea first came about and we started to do graphic design, videography, all of that. Um, but I guess it was probably around 2015 or 16 when kind of the digital marketing side of it okay. came about. And so, yeah, we've been going for, I guess, four, five years, maybe four and a half years or so. How did you go about finding your first clients when you kind of, um, when you moved your business model from mm -hmm. logos and videography work to digital marketing? Yeah. Were you finding, let me ask that more precisely. Were you finding them locally? Were they coming from the same set of clients you already had? Or were you able to generate a whole new client base based on the new business model you had? Yeah. So my first, um, idea I had was to simply reach out to the clients I'd already worked with, mm -hmm. um, right? I just go after people within arm's reach. So reach out to the hundred or so clients that I'd already worked with and say, Hey, I know I, I did some work for you in the past, mm -hmm. uh, made your company look pretty, but now I want to make your company more money. Right. Now it's uh, like some money. So yeah. exactly. And so <laughs> I reached out to old clients and okay. landed a few clients that way. Um, and I started to reach out to business owners locally through, I mean, anything I could do, uh, Facebook messaging, mm -hmm. LinkedIn messaging. I emailed them. I filled out the form on people's websites. I, uh, got people's phone numbers and left them voicemails. I mean, uh, anything I could do just to start mm -hmm. getting in touch with more business owners. And I think for freelancers and people doing social media marketing or, any kind of creators or any kind of freelancer, really, I think that's the main thing most people struggle with is just mm -hmm. getting in front of more clients on a daily basis, right? Like for my students in my business coaching program, that's something I always tell them, like make more offers, mm -hmm. get in front of more people, make more offers. It truly is a number game, a numbers game. Sure. And so, yeah, when I was just starting off, I, I just tried to get in front of as many people as possible. And I'm an introvert. Uh, I really am. I'm more reserved, introverted type of person. Mm -hmm. And so getting in front of people for me wasn't like meeting with people. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of, of meetings, but I was emailing and texting and calling people every day, just trying to get someone to talk to me about possibly letting me run some ads for them. So talk a little bit about the ads themselves and what yeah. that model looks like. Do you... Do you create the ads? Do you um, do videographer for the videography mm -hmm. for the ads? If that's part of the package, I mean, what what does that offering look like? If I yeah. were to come to you and say, I want you to do my digital marketing. Yeah. So if a client came to me and, and said, Hey, we're, you know, first of all, we need to ask them like what what their goal is. Okay. You know, a lot of clients are in certain, like, you know, some people are in certain niches where really all they want is like brand awareness. Okay. Um, which is. Uh, local companies who may just want to put their name on a billboard or something like that, mm -hmm. or just have a TV commercial, things like that. Okay. Um, things that are not what we call direct response marketing. We're in direct response marketing. We okay. run ads for the specific purpose of getting a user to respond to that ad and mm -hmm. get in touch with our client. Okay. Right? It's, it's okay. lead generation. It's totally all about the ROI. Okay. Um, so if a client comes to us or a prospect comes to us, you know, that's the first part of the conversation is like, do you need our services? Mm -hmm. Right. What are you trying to accomplish? And if it's a, a lead-driven um, type of business, um, then you know we can we can talk about trying to help them. Some advertising platforms do and don't work for certain industries, sure. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, let's let's take Facebook ads for instance. Facebook ads don't work for every business, right? Mm -hmm. Let's let's think about like a locksmith, right? For sure. Is a, is a locksmith going to use Facebook ads? Well, when someone gets locked out of their car. 
they're probably not going to scroll through Facebook until they happen to see an ad for a locksmith. Right. 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 They're probably going to go to Google and mm -hmm. search for a locksmith, which is why Google ads might be a better platform for them. Mm -hmm. So you can see how in some niches, some ad platforms might be better or worse than others. And in some niches, truly, um, digital advertising is, is, uh, not a fit for them. Okay. Totally. You know, in some local, very specific niche type of, mm -hmm. um, type of niches. Um, anyway, so yeah, if a client came to me, we would analyze what their needs are, analyze if, if we can truly help them and if we were going to start to work with them. Um, what we would do is we would launch and manage online ad campaigns, okay. Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads. Um, we would set up what we call marketing funnels or landing pages mm -hmm. um, to capture uh, customer inquiry info. So for instance, whenever someone clicks on our Facebook ad, of course, that click takes them to wherever you want them to go. Sure. It could be a website or whatever. We set up a couple of landing pages, which mm -hmm. we call a marketing funnel, a few pages, one right after the other. Uh, so they fill out their information to get in touch with our client mm -hmm. about the specific offer they saw on the ad. Okay. And whenever they fill out their info, they click submit and it goes to the next page and it may say, you know, thank you for your submission or whatever. Mm -hmm. But anyways, after they've filled out their info, that lead, that contact info gets sent to our client. Okay. So we have officially generated a lead for them. Mm -hmm. So this whole thing is lead generation, right? We're running ads. We're getting people to opt in or submit their info for more sure. information okay. about our client's services or offer. And then those leads being generated to the client are fresh, hot customer mm -hmm. inquiries for them. And of course, they can follow up with that lead and hopefully get a new customer. And so um, that's what we do for our clients. We're, we're running mm -hmm. online ads. We're setting up, quote unquote, marketing funnels to right. generate leads. And we're helping our clients get new customers day in and day out. So do you handle the creative development of those ads as well? Yeah, we do. Um, one of the, the best and fastest ways to grow a, a marketing agency is to really niche down and become a specialized agency in okay. a certain niche. For us, we found that niche in the real estate space. So we work with a ton of real estate investors. Mm -hmm. We're trying to generate um, seller, like home seller leads for real estate investors. Okay. Um, anyway, so that's kind of our niche. And so when you ask about the creative side of things, yes, we do handle the creative side of structuring the ad, what the ad looks mm -hmm. like, the copy, all of that stuff. But for us, since we're so niched down, we can utilize copy and sure. creative and landing page design, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera, that we know is going to work for every subsequent client that we work with, right? Mm -hmm. Like once we've honed in that strategy that produces really, really good results, well, now moving forward with all of our clients in the future, we can pretty much just implement our strategies and designs that have been shown to work. But yeah, if we were working with a client in a new niche we've never worked in, yeah, we would come up with copy and creative mm -hmm. and images and, and everything to and split test all these different things to make, sure that, testing, yeah. to make sure that it performs the best. Yeah, mm -hmm. split testing is huge. You know? When you're running Facebook ads, for instance, you split test demographics. You could run the same ad to... Um, the 20 to 25 year old demographic, mm -hmm. 25 to 30, you know, all these different age demographics, male and female, different interests. And you split test and see uh, which demographic the ad performs the best in. Okay. You know, so split testing is a huge thing. <clears throat> but yeah, we handle all of that for our clients. Absolutely. How are you tracking all the split testing and the, the data that you're gathering from that? Yeah, so in Google Ads and Facebook Ads, um, luckily it tracks it all for you. Okay. You know, if you're running, <laughs> if you're running, exactly, if you're running ads to, let's say, uh, two different demographics, male mm -hmm. and female, right? Um, it will show you which which one is performing at which okay. rate. It will tell you, okay, the male demographic is 
getting clicks at a certain cost mm-hmm. and the female demographic is getting clicks at a certain cost and same with amount of leads and cost per lead and wow. everything. So the deal is we, we split test all those things and the winner uh, will identify itself and we shut off the other one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so do your clients pay you, is the retainer uh, the only basis for the payment? And I don't say that in a derogatory way, Sure. but do you also earn a commission based on leads generated or based on the value of the leads generated? Sure. Or is it generally the client? How do you, how do you value your service to a client? In other words? Sure. Yeah. Well, one thing that, that we do in our business, and this is something I teach to my students in our agency coaching mm-hmm. program as well, is we really only work in niches where high ticket sales exist. Okay. Like we want to be extremely ROI positive to our clients. Therefore, we want to work in niches and industries where achieving one single sale for them will pay for our marketing services for a year, right? right? Sure. So sure. we've worked with home remodelers. We've mm-hmm. worked with uh, attorneys. We've mm-hmm. worked with, um, you know, our main niche is real estate investors. Um, so these types of spaces where the leads that we generate for them, if it results in even one deal a month, they're making 20, 30 grand from that. Okay. And meanwhile, our retainer, of course, is a fraction of a fraction of that. Mm-hmm. We're very fairly priced. And so, um, yeah, we always want to be ROI positive in a big, big way for our clients. Um, we always tell our clients we, we like to think of ourselves as the bill that pays the bills. Sure. And so our job is to um, increase their revenue. I made a post on Facebook not too long ago, um, trying to remember exactly how I worded it. Um, but I essentially said, remember when you're hiring an agency, you're, you're not looking for, you know, where to spend more money. You're looking for a way to make more money. Mm -hmm. Like when you hire an agency, that's what it should be about. It it shouldn't be looked at as this is an expense. This Mm -hmm. is me spending money. This is me investing to make more money. Right. right? It's not an increase in your electricity bill. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what we try to be for our clients. Absolutely. How did you how did you manage to or how did you figure niching down to real estate investors was the right move for the business? It kind of just uh, you know the phrase success leaves clues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of just um, came from um, following the results we were getting. We we didn't niche down specifically right away. I mean, I, we've worked with a very wide array of different businesses and different niches and mm-hmm. industries over time we realized that some of the best results we were producing were for our clients in the real estate space. Uh, and then over time, we realized um, even within the real estate space, mm-hmm. um, our best results were for real estate investors because we did work with mortgage companies and realtors and brokerages. Sure. And we always got the best results for investors. And so it just made sense for us to follow that success path and, and specialize even more. And today we have like 30 or so real estate investor clients that we generate leads for. Awesome. And over time we've gotten so good at it to where it just made sense for me to start investing in real estate. <laughs> sure. You learned there's like, man, I want to, yeah. I want to drink the Kool-Aid too. Yeah. yeah. I see clients that pay us, um, a retainer and they're making six figures profit per month from the mm-hmm. leads we generate for them. Like, Wait a minute. I'm like, man, I want to, I want a piece of this action. Sure. Too. Absolutely. And so I've, uh, in the same way I invested in myself to start learning digital marketing five years mm-hmm. ago. Now I'm investing in myself to learn about the real estate game and what my clients do. And so it's cool. Cause awesome. I already got the, customer acquisition part dialed in. Sure. So now sure. I just need to learn how to actually do this money. thing. Yeah, right. exactly. So when did you become a ClickFunnels wizard? And I see on your wall here in your office, a big plaque. I think that, <laughs> yeah. is that a ClickFunnels plaque? It is a ClickFunnels okay. plaque. Yeah. So ClickFunnels is, um, ClickFunnels is just a software, you mm-hmm. know, 
Um, and that plaque is really just a really good marketing ploy that they have to okay. show off the oh, fact okay. that people can succeed with their software. Mm-hmm. Um, but ClickFunnels is a marketing software. We talked about funnels earlier, right? right? We, we build marketing funnels to make sure that we're able to get the best results and ROI from our clients' ad campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, because in short, if you spend money on an ad campaign and you run that traffic or those clicks to a website, um, people can become distracted. They can sure. click on all the tabs of your website and get mm-hmm. lost and not do what you want them to do, which is contact you. Right, no question. But if you're using a marketing funnel, the marketing funnel has one specific objective. is just to make an offer and get their contact info so you can follow up with them mm-hmm. about them being a customer, right? So ClickFunnels is the software that we use for to, to build those marketing funnels. And uh, that that plaque I have in my office is, uh, it's called the Two Comma Club Award. Awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Which means that one of our funnels produced over seven figures in sales. Awesome. Um, and so, yeah, it's a cool software. Uh, it's, it's a cool little plaque. I went to the ClickFunnels conference in Nashville, I think in February and got to, walk the stage and accept the award and everything. And that's, that's, awesome. that's cool. But yeah, they give those out to, to people who, who make seven figures in a single funnel on their platform. And uh, it's a really, really good marketing strategy Absolutely, by them. Because sure. they're showing off, hey, look at these hundreds of people that mm-hmm. have made good money with our platform. So really, I mean, Russell Brunson, the mm-hmm. founder of ClickFunnels, um, just a phenomenally uh, genius marketer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, really cool stuff. So from your digital marketing business under Anchor Media, you have branched out and you've referenced it a couple of times already in your coaching business. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about how you decided to add that piece of, of income pie to your, your revenue for your, your businesses. And yeah. um, I'm always curious to talk to people who take the plunge into coaching because um, I think a lot of people have imposter syndrome. I mean, for example, yeah. I know I did when I started the podcast. I was like, who am I to even yeah. go talk to these people about what they're doing? Sure. Um, and so how did you overcome some of those natural hurdles and, and what led you to decide, you know what, I want to, um, I have so much free time. Let me just go ahead and teach, <laughs> yeah. right? Let me yeah. just go ahead and spend my free time, quote unquote, teaching other people how to do what I'm doing, which some people might think, you know, it's kind of crazy because you're effectively creating competitors. You know, sure. Yeah. Because they could, your students presumably could niche <clears throat> down into the real estate investing world and start competing with you sure. because, you know, you're successful at it and they're going to see, wait, Blake's doing it. Mm-hmm. I should just go do what he does. Yeah. So how oh, do you... and, and we have students that do that all the time and it's, okay. it's no big deal because there's tens of thousands of investors out there, right? The, mm-hmm. the pool is very large. Uh, but yeah, I do get that all the time. I mean, comments on the ads that we use to promote our coaching program, people say stuff like that all the time. Sure. Like, Oh, if, if you're so good at this type of model, then why, why are you sharing it with others? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, listen, man, the, uh, the advertising space, the online advertising space, um, is like a 200 something billion dollar wow. per year industry. Mm-hmm. I think in 2019, it was $209 billion spent on online advertising. Man. Uh, there's 2 million new businesses that pop up in the U.S. every year. And odds are, all of them need customers right. to, to survive. Right, exactly. And we're in They're the business there to do, of to get customers. Yeah. Yep, we're in the business of bringing them more customers. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have the ultimate job security, and we also have pretty much the largest pond to fish to, to fish from. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And so, yeah, competition in the lead generation space will never really be an issue. Uh, business owners who need customers pop up way faster than lead generation marketers. Gotcha. Right. Especially good ones, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so what and, and, yeah, we jump into that world of coaching, you know, going from yeah. being, as you said earlier, um, you're an introvert. Naturally, you would prefer to um, sure. work, I won't say solo, but work in your in your normal comfort zone. Yeah. But adding a coaching business to your piece of the pie is a is probably a pretty big move. Yeah, for sure. And you know, there's a difference when, when you're an introvert. There's a difference between like meeting people in person mm-hmm. and then like being in front of a webcam. Right okay. Here, you know, uh, I have no issue with getting on my live coaching calls every week in front of a hundred people and answering Q and A questions and stuff. It's no big deal <laughs> because it's just. I mean, uh-huh. I'm just. It's just me alone in my office, gotcha. pretty much. Gotcha. And that's the reality of it. Um, well, the reality is I'm talking to a hundred people online, but mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a difference there. Sure. I think for an introvert, um, like putting yourself out there in a mm-hmm. real social setting versus <laughs> just being in front of a webcam. Right. I don't know. There's a difference there. I think. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, the decision to start the coaching company, uh, really only came after I had achieved a good level of success with the agency. Okay. Um, I mean, I obviously wouldn't start a coaching company unless I had a, a business model really dialed in mm-hmm. that I could teach others. But even then, there's something to be said about like that imposter syndrome type of thing. You right. know what I mean? Like who, who am I to really help these people mm-hmm. uh, start their whole career and change their lives and et cetera, et cetera, be the person that leads them to hopefully financial freedom, sure. right? I mean, it's it's sometimes it's a almost kind of a big weight to carry, mm-hmm. but the fulfillment is there as well. Like when we see people in our coaching program who are able to quit their job, like I quit my job after right. joining a coaching program five years ago, um, people making five, ten, twenty thousand dollars a month, growing their agency, mm-hmm. changing their families' lives—like it's super fulfilling, you know. Sure. But in the beginning, yeah, some of that imposter syndrome could kind of creep in. Um, I think that's just kind of uh, par for the course when mm-hmm. you're trying something new and trying something for the first time, and you're in a field where there's other behemoths out there in the sure. personal development space, and you're kind of just trying to get started. But, um, but yeah, it's it's grown. Um, over time, I think March of 2019 is when we launched that. Okay. Um, and we have right around 800 members now to date. Awesome. And it's it's slowly growing and we're seeing student successes every day. Mm-hmm. Um, the coaching program, I'm not even sure if I, I really elaborated, but the coaching program is a business coaching program that teaches individuals how to start and grow the same type of online advertising agency that I have, mm-hmm. right? So obviously I have my marketing agency where we help business owners get more customers through digital advertising. Right. That's a business that I have uh, and that's a business model. And my coaching program is teaching other people that business model. If they mm-hmm. want to start an online business and work from home and be their own boss and all the other catchphrases I could right. say. Right. If they, if they, I know it's cliche, but if they want to do that, mm-hmm. this is a very real way to do that. Sure. And it's not get rich quick and it's mm-hmm. not easy money. It takes hard work. Right. You have to put yourself out there, talk to clients, uh, learn a, a very valuable skill set. Mm-hmm. But it's so it's so rewarding, you know. And so it's it's been cool to help people do that. Do your do your students predominantly come from a background in design or marketing or videography, some form of creative development, or do they have, you know, are they are they lawyers, for example, coming to you with basically yeah. no creative skills? <clears throat> we have several attorneys in our group. Okay. We have several attorneys in our group. Actually, it's a it's a mixed bag. Okay. Yeah. So we advertise to the masses. Mm-hmm. We spend 
a lot of money on advertising, uh, which is good to practice what you preach. You right? bet, absolutely. Uh, my coaching program, as well as my marketing agency, uh, collectively spend over $2,000 a day on ads. Wow. So we practice what we preach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not asking our clients to invest in paid advertising without doing that ourselves. So we advertise to the masses. Uh, so we have a very mixed bag of mm-hmm. backgrounds and people in our coaching program. Uh, recently, we started to attract a lot uh, of people in ministry, actually, because one of my ads talks about my ministry background. And so you tend to attract people that are like you. Sure. You know? Um, but in general, we advertise to the masses and the 800 people in our group are uh, a really, it, it's a melting pot, mm-hmm. mixed bag of all different backgrounds and, and walks of life, which is pretty cool. Have you found a common set of characteristics across your students that make the, that make one more likely to be successful than another? Uh, just the grit factor, okay. you know, um, I see people come into our program all the time who are super pumped up and hyped up in that first month and they might even land a client or two. Um, but then something real happens. They might, they might lose a client. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the sky is falling and they think this is not going to work and they quit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the people who I see succeed in this type of business are the people who view every obstacle or, um, problem as a, a way to better themselves mm-hmm. right funny enough i just picked up a book and started reading it last night it's called the obstacle is the way by <laughs> have you heard of that book no i haven't it's called it. the obstacle is the uh-huh. way it's by ryan something okay <laughs> and uh anyways it's it's kind of a take on stoicism and how any challenge that you face is not necessarily the end of your progress it's mm-hmm. actually a chance to better yourself and make more progress right Anyways, for the people in our program, the ones that really succeed are the ones who genuinely just become problem solvers. Okay. And they're okay taking a, a jab to the chin mm-hmm. and progressing forward. You know, A lot of the coaching calls I have, a lot of the input and, and advice I give to my students is, is more so about being a problem solver and dealing with um, – those types of mental issues of being a business owner more so than, okay, these are the buttons to click on Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell my students, like if, if all you learn from me is how to click buttons on Facebook and Google, like I've failed. What you really need to learn is the mindset of a business owner mm-hmm. and how to not give up. And then of course the practical things of, you know, I, I, we have the hashtag in our group, make more offers. Okay. It's all about getting in mm-hmm. front of business owners, making more offers, um, business, especially a service-based business, uh, businesses, by and large a numbers game sure you got to get out there and and uh, move the ball forward so yeah to answer your question i would say the people who achieve success are are the personality profile of the people who achieve success at a higher rate in our in our coaching program are the ones who um don't give up and stick with it all the other cliches i could say but seriously stick with it and um day in and day out just continue to better themselves how do you keep yourself motivated? I know, you know, when you've reached, uh, for business owners who've reached a, a pinnacle of success or a measure of success, uh, there are still obstacles. Sure. You know, there are obstacles that come with growing a business. There are obstacles that come with being an employer versus a sure. solo uh, proprietor um, or a sole operator. And then there are challenges as you continue to expand uh, the, the types of businesses you're in. How do you keep yourself motivated? I mean... It really comes down to goal setting. I mean, I have these overarching goals that I'm aiming towards. Um, 
uh, it could be income level, income level goals, uh, lifestyle goals. Like I know that by 35, I want to have X amount of passive real estate investment income okay. and then, you know, make certain lifestyle changes around that time, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, for the longest time, I would say like last year, I, I can go year by year, but I mean like last year, the big goal was to, I mean, really get this coaching program off the ground and, and mm-hmm. running and achieve some of the things we have achieved now. And then me and my wife were also saving up to purchase and renovate our dream home. Um, there's some of these goals that we had along the way that that are really, were just in the back of my mind mm-hmm. as I was working hard every day. You know, I'm trying to uh, reach goals that will benefit my my family. For me, it's about providing for my family, giving them uh, the life they deserve, giving them, uh, I, I always talk about options. Like mm-hmm. I want to make sure my family has the options that they want, right? Sure. I'm not going to force my son to go in an I, to an Ivy League school, but if he wants to, mm-hmm. I want him to have that option. You're not going to force my wife to drive a nice car, but if she wants to, <laughs> I want her to have that option. I hear you. Yeah. Um, and it's not about materials for us, but... Um, I do want to, uh, I have those goals in place to make sure I'm being a good provider for my family and that my mm-hmm. family has a good life and has options, you know? Um, so there's these kind of overarching goals that I have. I mean, I get specific with goals too in regards to my business should be at XYZ revenue level by this month, okay. and et cetera, et cetera. Of course, we have KPIs for our business mm-hmm. um, that we always monitor. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that type of thing for me. It's providing for my family and long-term goal type of stuff. Do you have active mentors that you reach out to? I know that, you know, as the coach, you mentor 800 people in the program um, and you probably mentor the people that work with you in your businesses. Mm -hmm. But do you have mentors that you reach out to on a regular basis? Yeah, for sure. Um, And a couple of my closest mentors are people that I'm also in business with. So I have a mentor that also um, is a silent partner and kind of helps me run this coaching program that I have. I have a business mentor in the real estate space who Mm -hmm. I regularly... Uh, talk to and and in in this moment doing deals with and so yeah i stay in touch with with mentors and people who i can uh, bug and ask questions when i don't really know what decision to make yeah awesome so in addition to the real estate let me go back i don't think we've actually named the name of the coaching program Mm -hmm. um what's it called yeah it's called automatic agency right and uh of course we teach this online advertising business model but a lot of what we do in our business and our ad agency is, is very automated, right? Mm-hmm. So I try to teach people how to grow an online business and automate it as much as possible. So we talked about like the service that we provide for our clients, such as running ads, mm-hmm. using marketing funnels, generating leads. Well, a lot of that can be fairly automated. I mean, mm-hmm. ads, you, know, you don't have to click a button every single time Facebook right. shows your ad, right? So a lot of that is very automated. Um, after you set up a marketing funnel, of course, you need to optimize it over time to get the best results for your clients. But um, a lot of these things can be automated, including mm-hmm. the lead delivery process of that whole thing. And I'm trying not to get too technical with all this stuff I'm talking about, but a lot of that business model mm-hmm. can be automated. And that's very attractive to a lot of people. Absolutely, uh, It's definitely what attracted it to me. Actually, when I was at that job for the second time, like I told you about and studying different business Mm -hmm. models and what I wanted to get started in. That was my one key, like my one um, requirement Mm -hmm. of whatever business model I would decide to get into is Mm -hmm. automation. I was looking into what it would take to start some sort of software company. I was looking into what it would take to start some sort of um, membership, um, web application type of, mm-hmm. of website type of thing. 
Uh, I even acted on some of those. I made a website called, uh, and I use the word Anchor because we have Anchor Media Solutions, but it was yeah, called sure. Anchor Giving, and it was an awesome. online platform where nonprofits mm-hmm. could accept donations, which ended up flopping. It's one of the dozen businesses I've I've started that <laughs> flop, and that's just kind of part of the uh-huh. how it goes for an entrepreneur, sure. right? Very true. So I've tried a bunch of different ideas when I was getting started, but that was my one requirement for a business model whenever I was um, really studying mm-hmm. all of that. Uh, was I wanted it to be to at least a certain degree automated. And so that's what we do in our business now. And it's what I teach. So you brought up some businesses that have failed. Um, What is, have you had one that kind of just (laughs) burned and flamed in glorious fashion that you thought, man, this is going to be great, but yet you got into it and thought, oh my goodness, this is just not going to happen. Oh yeah. And a couple of them were ideas that like four years later, I saw someone do it really successfully. Uh, okay, so this is probably the dumbest one. I <laughs> they're all I, learning experiences. for whatever right? reason. I mean, I, all, the the oh, obstacles yeah. are all opportunities. Exactly. Yeah, the, the obstacle is the way. <laughs> right. By the guy whose book I haven't read. <laughs> by yet. Ryan. Yeah, by Ryan. They're <laughs> <laughs> sitting on my bookshelf and I haven't opened it yet. Um, <clears throat> okay, so the dumbest one is I thought of the idea of creating uh, wooden sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And uh, like seriously, five years later, it was like all the rage. Absolutely. Right? Anyway, right. so I, frustrating. Uh, I bought so a, very frustrating. <laughs> I, I I thought of this idea of how cool would it be to have like handcrafted wooden sunglasses. Mm-hmm. This was like in 2010 or something, and I I literally went to Home Depot and like bought a piece of pine and mm-hmm. borrowed a, my dad's jigsaw and like you know printed out a like a template of, or like maybe even just sure. a photo of sunglasses online and made a made a kind of template to cut from yada yada sanded it down, made these wooden sunglasses. I ordered these tiny little screw hinges from right. China and like put the whole thing together. Uh-huh. And uh, maybe I told a few people about it. Maybe I didn't, but those things just ended up sitting in my garage for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was kind of an idea that I had that didn't I didn't really do anything with. And but did you buy a URL? I did not. Okay. No, this is before. So it hadn't I, actually been an official business. Oh yeah, it wasn't, you don't it really wasn't have official, a business, right? but it was it was an idea that pretty much almost immediately just flopped. Uh, and then like four years later, uh, we're watching Shark Tank and we sure. see this uh, this episode where this guy is has pretty much the exact same mm-hmm. thing. Um, anyways, but in, in it was some a fun sense little that project. validates like that validates your creativity, right? Like okay, I I may have been early or I may not have put my best effort behind it or sure, whatever. Sure. I may not have bought the URL because we all know that's how you start a business. <laughs> exactly. Um, you get a logo and a URL I and mean, you got a business, you're a business right? There you're you making yeah. millions. Exactly. Um, but you know, those those kinds of validations of creativity for someone who is truly an entrepreneur like you are, you're going to have brainstorm brilliant ideas and then for whatever reason it doesn't take off with you, yeah. but then if it does take off with someone else, it may be frustrating because, hey, that guy invented the pet rock and he made a million bucks. Sure. And I thought of the pet rock four years ago, <laughs> but it's, at the same time, it's like, wait a minute, that's, I did have a good idea. For sure. And I can look and see, well, maybe I didn't execute or whatever the reasons exactly. were. Um, yeah. And just out. like, you know, uh, Gary Vee says, right, uh, ideas are worthless or however he words mm-hmm. it. Execution is, is what needs to happen. Sure. You know, some people have good ideas, but they don't have... One or two or three of these invisible, less thought about components that mm-hmm. would really help them grow it and, and make it into a successful thing, such as like distribution. You may have the best product ever, but sure. if you don't have a partner who has access to distribution or if you don't have the knowledge of how to advertise properly, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, it, it may just go nowhere, right? So why do you think your digital marketing business has taken off and some of these other ideas didn't? Um, 
we're in a space where the service that we offer is is valuable and very much needed by the people that we're offering it to right kind of goes back to what i was saying about you know we're the bill that pays the bills quote unquote for our clients right like business owners want more customers and if we can get our service which is the service of bringing them new customers Mm -hmm. in front of those business owners who want more customers, then, you know, hopefully there's going to be a sale there, right? So we have a product that is needed by a market and um, it starts with identifying a market of hot buyers Mm -hmm. and then putting a service in front of them that they want. I think that's one of the main issues people have whenever they're starting a new business or a new business idea that is product based Mm -hmm. is they come up with a really cool product idea. And this is, Hey, this is really uh, relative to, um, the sunglasses thing, right. the wooden sunglasses thing, uh, <laughs> is like I had a product idea that I guess I thought was cool, mm-hmm. um, but that's the issue. I thought it was cool. Right. I didn't have research that showed a hundred thousand other people thought it was cool. Sure, because if I had research that said, oh, a hundred thousand people would probably wear wooden sunglasses if I made them. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm going to go make them because I have a hot pool of buyers. Sure. Right, right. I think that's the issue for most people, and so we're in a we're in a space digital marketing, customer acquisition, where mm-hmm. we know there are tons of business owners out there who need customers and we can put our service in front of them uh, to help them do that. And that will hopefully lead to us acquiring them as a customer, you know? Mm-hmm. And as far as the agency coaching, the, the coaching program, um, there are, <clears throat> excuse me, tons of people out there who want to start an online business, absolutely, want to grow their own business, mm-hmm. want to create financial freedom and time freedom for themselves. It's something that is highly desired in this mm-hmm. day and age where you actually can run a seven-figure business from a laptop. Right. Like you truly, truly can. And you don't so, have to drop ship products from China to do exactly, it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people going after that business model mm-hmm. as well, which, um, you know, I could talk about that for a while. But, you know, those e-commerce guys who mm-hmm. make six figures a month, they can be making 7% on that tops, you know, that sure. type of thing. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of people who really want to start their own business and preferably an online business. Mm-hmm. So again, that the need is there for right. that. And I want to, uh, and I have a service c- consulting coaching that, mm-hmm. that helps them, you know, fulfill that need. Right. Right. And so I think that's why, uh, in contrast to the wooden sunglasses, why my online businesses have quote unquote taken off mm-hmm. because we're fulfilling a very real need or we're meeting a really real need, you know, mm-hmm. combined with, um, lots of advertising and getting our name out there. Um, that's what's helped us grow. In addition to getting into real estate investing and continuing the success of anchor and automatic agency, do you have, um, other business ideas up your sleeve? that you're thinking, gosh, I really want to try this. It might be the wooden sunglasses again, but I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. Like, when you're someone that has a lot of business ideas like you do, mm-hmm. I know from my personal experience, sometimes it's hard to kind of just turn those off and yeah. focus on the thing that's in front of you. Absolutely. But I would imagine you've got something else kind of cooking. And if if you want to talk about it, I'd love to hear about it. Um, I don't have much cooking right now. I mean, really, my, my focus is starting to shift towards um, the real estate stuff, which mm-hmm. I'm still very new to very new to um but my my focus is starting to shift towards that because uh, i i run a couple of businesses that are doing well mm-hmm. and um i'm starting to think about uh long-term wealth building and back really, to rich dad poor dad and exactly yeah, yeah, it, comes yeah. Circle. it comes full circle from the first <laughs> sure. book i read six years ago when i was working at a church exactly uh-huh. i love it yeah, that's wow i just now realized that that's cool mm-hmm. um 
but yeah, I'm really just starting to get my mindset centered around um, long-term stability for my family mm-hmm. and, and that type of thing. But I mean, I still have ideas like that all the time. Um, there's a website called flippa.com mm-hmm. that you, I'm sure you've heard of, which is uh, a, a website. It's pretty much like a brokerage website right. for businesses and business ideas. And I'm always perusing that sure. looking for, oh, well, if I buy this already established software for $5,000, I could then go out and sell it and develop a software mm-hmm. business, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm always like, you know, having shiny object syndrome about that. Sure. But yeah, the last, the last thing I tried to start, which started off pretty well, but I quickly realized, okay, I'm spreading myself too thin. I don't have time for another venture was about like six or eight months ago. It was pretty recent. And, uh, I started a service that we called best local and it was pretty much a very, very inexpensive, affordable version of our advertising services okay. for local businesses. Mm-hmm. So it was like a $97 a month advertising package for local businesses awesome. where the, the outcome wasn't really lead generation and customer acquisition because it would take more advertising mm-hmm. power than that. Um, but it was really just about like for a low rate per month, we'll manage some an advertising campaign for you to help with local outreach and brand mm-hmm. awareness, that type of thing. And we did, uh, we, we did quote unquote a soft launch and we had, uh, five, um, non paying customers, business owners that we did trials with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I realized I was spreading myself too thin, but, um, you know, add that to the list of projects that sure. started and, and either didn't take off or flopped. Or they come back around. You never oh, yeah, know. There, I mean, there's a list of a dozen, <clears throat> a dozen or so, which is pretty fun to look back on. So since you mentioned you have employees in your businesses now, are your employees local? What is it and, and you know, associated with that? What is it like running these businesses from Corpus? Yeah. So the cool thing about my online business is, uh, is I can really run them from anywhere in the mm-hmm. world. Right. Um, I have uh, two employees that are local. Okay. I have um three or no four now salespeople that are all remote because um, we conference online mm-hmm. they can obviously take their sales calls from anywhere in the world i mean most of my employees are, are remote so we have uh two full-time employees that are here in corpus we have um i have partners that are elsewhere as well and all my sales team is is remote as well so yeah the majority of this business is is remote and mm-hmm. online and uh that's fine with me because some days I decide to work from home. Some days I don't even go to the office. I mean, my whole team is, even the, my employee who works here in the office, mm-hmm. sometimes he'll just decide to work from home that day because it's better with him and his, his newborn's schedule. And awesome. I'm fine with that. We can all mm-hmm. work from anywhere. And that's the beauty of running an online business. So then what value have you found being here at the Coastal Bend Business Innovation Center to having a physical office space versus uh, working in a virtual world like you do? Why do you come here? So, I mean, back to what we said earlier, it's great to separate work from mm-hmm. home, right? Uh, I mean, especially during when uh, South Texas was hardcore quarantined. Right. I worked from home for eight weeks or whatever, and it's cool because I can roll out of bed and take 10 steps and I'm at work. Uh, right. But, yeah, separating home from work is, if you're a family man, uh, it's definitely a benefit. Mm-hmm. So, it's great to be here um, in an office for that reason. But also, I mean, the Coastal Bend Innovation Center, CBBIC, is great because I get to network mm-hmm. with all the other businesses here. And like we were talking about earlier, we pass referrals back and forth. We pass ideas back and forth. Right. There's a lot of like-minded people here. And so it's a good environment to, to be in. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, let's talk just a little bit as we wrap up about what you are excited about in Corpus. And that can be, you know, you're excited about a business opportunity in Corpus or you're excited about something that you and your family love to do in Corpus. It could sure. be, you know, people have talked about going to the beach or going to restaurants or they've talked about yeah. particular business opportunities that arise in Corpus. So let's kind of talk a little bit about what you're excited about in the future in Corpus. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm just looking forward to this next season where things start to normalize a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really have anything specific to say other than the fact that I will breathe a huge sigh of relief for many, many local businesses when things get back to more or less normal, right? Mm -hmm. I feel really bad for, um, for instance, restaurants and other local businesses that rely on foot traffic. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. I mean, everyone has their own opinion as to when things will get back to quote unquote normal sure. or even if there is going to be a normal that we knew, that mm-hmm. type of thing. But yeah, it'll be great when uh, foot traffic reliant businesses will start to thrive again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I hope that when that day comes, which is, is we're kind of slowly moving in that direction, mm-hmm. um, I hope that when that day comes, um, all of, of the local Corpus Christians will rally around our local businesses and, and really um, help them out by, mm-hmm. by being a patron of all local businesses, you know? Well, thank you so much for your time and, and for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was great. Well, I'm really grateful to Blake for coming on the Echo Corpus Christi podcast. It was very interesting to learn all about his ClickFunnels success and to know that that can be done from here in Corpus Christi, Texas. It was also really neat for him to explain how he sees his marketing business, as I think he called it, the bill that pays the bills. What a great way to think about the kind of service that he's providing for his customers. If you'd like to learn more about how to get involved in Blake's coaching program, you can go to automatic-agency.com. That's automatic-agency.com. I want to say a special thank you to our infrastructure partners, Sound Guys, Sawyer Audiology, and Clint Tucker Homes. And thank you for taking time to listen.